It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. I got to the morning routine this morning when it was time to get the boys ready for school. Rachel has long left. She left very, very early this morning and the boys are like, hey, it's pajama day today. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm here for pajama day. That sounds awesome. Let's get pajama day going. So they get all of their best pajama outfits on and they're totally dressed up and we're getting ready to get in the car. And I have this moment where I'm like, uh, should I take it on like the authority of a seven year old who has told me that it's pajama day or should I actually confirm with someone who works inside of the school that it is pajama day? Oh, you know what? I'm just going to go off of Ford telling me that this is in fact the way that the world and the universe ultimately work. So if you happen to see my kids at school today and the only people that are wearing pajamas, let that go. They are fashion mavericks. They're just trying to be forward with who they are and their fashion. I hope it's pajama day. I don't know. Um, Noah, are you taking a snooze? What, what's actually happening here? Can you say, good morning, it's Bob and Noah Jr. on the set of the morning show that literally no one is talking about. Should we sing the song? Yeah. You want to sing it? Yeah. Can you lead us in the song? Let's do it. It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about. I said no one. It's the best way to start your day with Rach and Dave and Bob and Noah Jr. <laughs> Bob, what are you doing today? Uh, what is this? That is a microphone. Oh, it's tape underneath it. And there's tape underneath it so that I can't mess it up. I just have to set the microphone on the tape so that I don't ruin everyone's day. All right, you ready to take Jackson to school? No. What are you speaking of? No. It's time to take Jackson to school. He needs to go to school. No. But guess what? We're going to go to work and see Mommy today, you and me. You get to work with us today. Oh, yes. You are going to get to show up in this awesome gray sweatshirt. Uh-oh. Your booster seat fell. All right. Go take Jackson to school, and then we're going to go to work together, okay? Okay. All right. I'll see you in a little bit. Love you. Uh, all right. Well, hey, good morning. Listen, if you showed up late, I don't know what to tell you. You need to set your uh, alarm for exactly the time that this show starts every single day. We are in the middle of our last 90-day challenge, the last 90 days of the year, finishing it as strong as most people tend to start the first 30 of any given year. Every, every once in a while, when I'm doing this by myself, I end up sitting in the middle of two chairs. It feels very strange. Anyway, uh, this week has been a week dedicated to health and the importance of health as a foundation. I love you, brother. Looking good. Have a fantastic day. Have a great day because you are great. Uh, I am uh, excited about 
uh, how this community has continued to, and using the hashtag last 90 days, showcase how committed they have been to health, doing all the things to set that foundation so that they can chase every other thing. So good work and congratulations. Where, where, where is Rachel? Uh, I started this uh, lovely episode by suggesting that she was living her very best life in a project that we have not yet announced, but will shortly be a very, very cool thing that we get to talk about. She's filming something. So it is going to be, it's going to be such a neat thing. It's going to be such a fun thing for um, not just this community, but for a whole host of human beings that probably don't even know who the heck Rachel Hollis is, which I am here for. Uh, let's do a sound off. One, two, sound off. Three, four, who has done their Start Today journal work this morning uh, every single day? Whether you do it in a journal or a notebook, we are intentionally starting our day with gratitude and goal setting so that we, one, can start from a posture of appreciating all the great things that are happening in our life, how life is happening for us, not to us, and then are setting a very specific vision and direction for where we want to go and what we want to try and accomplish in a day. So I am glad that you have finished yours. If you don't have a journal and you don't know what this process is, if you go to the hashtag StartTodayJournal, dang it, you can see the power and transformation that is happening in the lives of people who have committed themselves to this process. If you don't want to buy a journal, that is totally fine with me. Listen to episode 72 of the Rise podcast. That Rise podcast gives you the step-by-step instructions for how to do this process. If you commit to it, I promise you, it will change your life. It will. Did you guys happen to see that we put up a video of us going through that stinking haunted house yesterday? Oh my goodness. That was uh, just absolutely the worst thing that we've ever committed to. Uh, It was uh, a funny video. It was definitely a funny video. But if you have not yet looked at it, go to Rachel's YouTube page and take a look. It is... um, It's like the funniest five minutes maybe uh, on the internet right now. And it has me basically yelling the word no over and over and over. I just like, I'd see someone getting ready to scare me. No, 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 no. Uh, So anyway, the Haunted House video, it is up. We are getting ourselves ready for a little Halloween fun. We are going to be hanging, uh, hanging. We're going to be having another one of our years where every one of the Hollis's dress in some way that has us doing uh, a costume together. So stay tuned for that. Next week is Halloween, so we're excited about that. I know, like I can see some of the quotes. That One of the quotes that was the funniest, we're like walking through and we're having this recognition after having been there for what was already like maybe 10 minutes, there are like a thousand people working here. There, there were so many people. Rachel's like, how many people work here? What is their workers comp like? <laughs> yes, I know. If you go to YouTube and you just type in the words Rachel Hollis, it'll take you to her page. It's the first video on the page. I don't have a link that I can put up right now, but uh, check it out. Compressed air. Who knew that compressed air was my kryptonite? I mean, honestly, compressed air came at me and just got me. Goodness. Uh, today, There is a new episode of the Rise Together podcast. Uh, The Rise Together podcast is the podcast that comes out every single Thursday with Rachel and I. Uh, Though she's not in this episode, this was 
the second part of the Ask Dave Anything episode. And uh, so if you are interested in hearing a little bit of a perspective from me answering the questions that came from you, this community, I have 43 minutes of mostly pretty great advice and a couple of really, really terrible stories. (laughs) So if you're interested in uh, hearing what I think about a whole host of things, and maybe a story of me pooping under a tree. Uh, go, go listen. Go listen to uh, today's episode. One thing that's interesting about uh, so I see a question in real time. It's like you, the universe is having me want to answer this. Tips for getting a spouse to read your book. Okay. So the first question that somebody asked in today's Rise Together podcast was, "I am on this crazy growth journey, and my partner is not on board." How the heck can I get my partner on board? And so I answer the question and, uh, and, and so you can listen to it there. But I thought, you know what? We have just this week started a 20-week countdown to my book. <laughs> a 20-week countdown to my book? Yes. Who does a 20-week countdown? This guy. I'm going to do a 20-week countdown because there's 20 chapters. So I figure like each week... We can spend a second diving into one part of a single chapter. And by the time we get through 20 little blips, the book will be here and we'll be so excited. So uh, the first chapter of my book, I have a book, it's called Get Out of Your Own Way, A Skeptic's Guide to Growth and Fulfillment. Um, The first chapter actually addresses this question, right? Because the, the chapter is, the question is self-help for broken people, like debunking the myth that I believed or the lie that I believed or the stigma that I believed that people who needed self-help, who worked on developing themselves, who read the books or went to the conferences or listened to podcasts or did things that would make themselves better was an indictment on them not already being great. I had this like crazy thing that existed in my brain that said, if you need a book, you must not be great already. If you need a conference, you must not be strong already. If you need a podcast, you must not be a great man or woman already. There were so many things connected to my mindset because I was so much more fixed mindset, my motivation. I was just unmotivated to do the work and my skepticism. I was skeptical of the idea that these tools could work. And what's interesting to the question that I answered on the podcast and the question that I can see here in the feed and what I try to address in the first chapter of this book, when you are in relationship or you yourself are struggling and you don't reach for the tools that exist to help you, you are choosing to stay in struggle. You are choosing to stay stuck. There are more tools available today than ever before in the history of mankind. Access to tools and the availability of tools are greater today than any other point in the history of time. So a decision to stay stuck is one that you are actively making. Now here's the thing, I think this is gonna be an amazing book for your husband if you're married to a man, but I think this is gonna be a great book for literally anyone in part because there are things that we grew up believing because society told us, our family of origin told us, our other moms at PTA told us, our sister told us, and the headline is, if you feel stuck and you have any interest at all in a more 
interesting life, a more impactful life, a life that has you showing up for your partner or your kids or your workers or yourself in a way that will make you proud at the end of your life, you are probably going to have to raise your hand and ask yourself for help. Uh, ask for help. So I thought, how about a little story time? Let's do a little story time out of a book that does not come out for 20 weeks. 20 weeks? Are you kidding me? We're going to talk about this book for 20 weeks? That sounds like five months. Yes. Yes, we are. Is Self-Help for Broken People? This is the introductory chapter. If um, you're interested in pre-ordering this book, I would love for you to do it. As a thank you for pre-ordering today, you can hear the entire first 30 minutes of this book, which I read myself with my own voice. It's available in real time at getoutofyourownwaythebook.com. If you don't want to read it or, or not don't want to listen to it right now, that's okay. I'll read a little bit to you. I drank a handle of vodka in a day and a half by myself. Well, I was supposed to be watching my kids. Hello, I know what you're thinking. What's a handle of vodka? That's not your first thought? Well, let me tell you anyway. It's that picture they sell at Costco. 59.2 fluid ounces of roughly 40 shots. I drank all the vodka. All of it. Dad of the year. After working in entertainment for the last two decades and stints that saw me as a tour manager for Beyonce when she was still a Destiny's Child, launching TV shows on Fox, managing celebrity talent at an agency, and most recently working a 17 gig at Disney as the head of sales for the film studio, I hit bottom. Despite ma being married to my best friend and having four healthy kids, a nice house, a fast car, I felt stuck. I was struggling. Reaching the low point started when we decided to go on our most ambitious vacation ever. Yep, I'm going to be that guy who complains about a vacation. We rented a house in uh, Hawaii for longer than we ever had before, 12 days. We grabbed our four kids, ages 9, 8, 4, and 4 months. We are idiots. And we took off for paradise. On the flight, I was handed the near-final Word doc version of my wife's new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, getting my first glimpse into just how transparent and vulnerable Rachel had decided to be, and in a vanity alarm bells kind of way, just how many of my deepest insecurities would be exposed and how much of this everything's great, trust me, veneer I'd worked so hard to maintain would be challenged by her work. Also on the first day of that trip, Rachel got sick. And by that I mean, demons have inhabited her body, should we go to the ER, let's set up the quarantine from E.T. kind of sick. So I did what any good dad and husband would do. I left her to rest. I called for a sitter to come and take care of the baby. I grabbed this book of hers and I made a drink to enjoy by the pool while the boys played. My plan seemed so good. What I can now see as divine was this combo platter for the ages, a personal funk that was running into its second year, me being in the early days of therapy, more on that in a second, the decision to read a book that would trigger most of my insecurities that lived and breathed in the funk of the therapy, all while having a few drinks, my issue avoidance specialty at this point. It was a perfect storm. I got to chapter five, the one that paints a less than ideal picture of our early years and casts me in a light I'm not proud of, and I poured less soda with the vodka when I made the next drink. By the time I got to the chapter about how much we struggled in our sex life, I stopped pouring soda 
at all. We were at the beginning of a 12-day vacation, and though Rachel got better on day three, I never recovered. I withdrew even more than I'd already withdrawn. I got up and put on headphones. I went on long runs, and when I came back from long runs, I'd put on those headphones again, and against the picturesque backdrop of the Hawaiian perfection, I turned on a baseball video game that I brought. I shut myself in a room with another drink while my family enjoyed the beachfront view. I showed up like an ass for the entirety of that vacation, spiraling to the lowest point of a valley that I'd been headed down for quite some time. Rachel loves to explore a new place. And one morning when she suggested she was excited to explore the island and hit the farmer's market, I told her I was just gonna chill at the house. That look on her face haunts my dreams. I wanna make a joke about it here. But honestly, I'm sad for that dude not showing up for something so simple. It's embarrassing, it sucked. I knew it in the midst of it. I knew it on the flight home. And I really knew it when we got back to our house and had the talk. There will be a handful of moments that you look back on that fundamentally changed your life. When you met your partner, your decision to take a job that ended up propelling you forward, things like that. This talk, this decision that we made, that my wife made, to wade into and have a hard, hard conversation about the trajectory of our lives, that was one of those moments for me. The day after Hawaii, we sat on our bed and Rachel worked against every ounce of muscle memory in her being. We're both recovering codependence and confrontation on this scale isn't something either of us had mastered, but the stakes were too high to worry about that. This was going down. She had laid it out in such simple terms, but those terms rocked me to my core. Quote, I'm going to reach for a better version of myself every day. I'm going to do it whether you decide to do it or not. Personal growth is one of the most important values of my life, so I'm going to pursue it every single day. Are you going to choose to grow every day or are you going to tread water? If you aren't growing and I am, in three months, will we have as much to talk about on date nights? In six months, will we still make out as often? In a year, will we still be going on dates? In three years, will we still be married? Dagger to the heart. Someone should have yelled clear before she hit me with the paddles to the chest. It was that fast and through a pool of I'm embarrassed, I'm sobbing this much tears, I realized it was up to me to make a choice. Did I wanna grow? Or did I want to die? Oh my goodness. Uh, did I want to rise to the level of who I knew I could be? Who God made me to be? Did I want to have an exceptional marriage? Did I want to be a present father? Of course I did. I always had. I'd lost my way, but now I knew more clearly than ever. I knew it because for the first time I'd been forced to visualize the possible future that would result from my inaction. The future that sat in front of me if I didn't take this seriously, if I didn't take massive action to change what I was doing, or in this case, not doing. And here's the thing, even though our most likely scenario was a world where I didn't make changes and simply lived in a marriage where we drifted apart, I was now able to imagine in vivid de detail the absolute worst, and it was the leverage I needed to get off the mat. I, <laughs> wow. 
it was more emotional than I thought. The things that have historically gotten in my way, um, and, and I have been the thing that has gotten in my way most of the time. I've found ways to make excuses about other things being the reason why I got in my way, but I was the person who was inevitably responsible for having created the circumstance that had me in my way. And I'm hoping that in my, even though that like initial time that I read Girl, Wash Your Face, I 100% thought it was way too transparent and way too vulnerable. And I tried my very hardest to convince Rachel to not release the book, which is crazy because there have been now almost 4 million copies of the book sold. But I was certain that it was too honest. I was certain that it was too much. And then I got to watch the impact of people who were reading these very honest words that were basically saying to other people, I hear and see the things that you've gone through because I also have experienced them. But I've experienced them and I got to a place where I could turn the lie that I was believing, in this case that self-help was for broken people, into a truth. Because the rest of this chapter is about my decision to get off the mat required me to raise my hand and say, I am going to go now and do the work. I know that the tools exist. I am going to go now and reach for those tools. And I'm standing on the other side of a valley I was stuck in knowing what I know, which is that when you actually reach for help, when you actually go to therapy, when you actually read the books, when you actually become vulnerable and admit the things that you're struggling with, you can actually get out of your own way. At the end of every chapter, there's a, there's a, a section at the end of each chapter that uh, attempts to suggest the things that worked for me. And so the hope is that I can, in 20 chapters, talk about 20 lies that I once believed that kept me in my way in almost, in, in every chapter, I was going to say almost, in every chapter, I'm telling a story of something that I am not proud of, that I carried shame for that I am 100% certain is a universal thing that exists in the universe, whether you're a man or a woman, a person who is old or young, a person who is working at the house or working out of the house. There are so much, there's so much that unifies us in struggle. And the, the way that I was able to work through it is different than the way that Rachel was able to work through it because Rachel is wired completely differently than me. My attempt was not to write a sequel to Girl, Wash Your Face. Rachel talked about how she persevered through the lies she believed as a person who has a, 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 like a fire burning motivationally inside of her every day. She is intrinsically motivated and I am not. She has always had a growth mindset and I have always been fixed mindset oriented. And so her solutions around what to do were informed by the way that she had a fixed mindset, a growth mindset that was a departure from my fixed mindset. And she was never skeptical of any of these tools. I was skeptical of everything until two years ago when I was raising my hand saying, holy cow, I need to get out of this ditch. Maybe three years ago. Whatever it was, it wasn't that long ago. And the reality is there are a lot of you. There are a lot of you who I think can relate to the way that I struggle with motivation, the way I struggle with mindset, the way that I struggle with skepticism. And my hope is that this book, the hardest thing I've ever created in my entire life, the thing I am actually most proud of, the thing that I hope defines a part of the legacy that I leave on this planet when I am gone. I wrote all of the stories and I admit all of the things and I like put on display all of the things that I had shame for, for the opportunity 
to destigmatize some of those things and create a path to fixing the things that are fixable. When I was stuck, I believed that I was so buried in the shame of the things I was working through that I didn't think tools were possible because I felt like I was a broken person. And the reality is I'm not broken. I've had like things I've had to work through that were fissures or fractures in my humanity. But getting help is the only way that I was able to actually become the person I am now. And man, I am on fire for who I am now. I, uh, the, 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 writing this book, <laughs> I will maybe write a book about writing this book <laughs> because the process of going from a person who was so, uh, against the vulnerability of a book like this to someone who is now so proud of the vulnerability that exists in this book has been, um, the transformation of a lifetime and will inform every single day from now on how I approach being who I am. And the great thing is, in the 20 chapters, these 20 stories, these things that I have been really, really honest about, I am 100% free from them as soon as everybody reads about them. You're going to read about all the things. And guess what? They have no power over me. They don't have any power over me now because I've already written all of the things. But they will have zero power because I am going to own the fact that I, like all of you, struggle. And in the... like curated perfection of Instagram and Facebook, it's hard sometimes to remember that we all, all of us, all of us, all of us, even me and the human that usually sits here to my right, we struggle too. We struggle all the time and owning that struggle and being honest about what it took to persevere through the struggle and even acknowledging that the struggle it still exists on different levels from different places on an every single day. It will transform the way that you think about struggle being a thing that you can get through. I know I can get through anything because I've gotten through some things. And I know that this book, I am excited for it. It's going to change some, it's going to help some people change their lives. It's not going to change lives. It's going to equip people with the tools to take the action themselves to make the change that they can make. So I am excited about that. I'm excited too about the fact that I took this picture of me not very long ago and all this running has slimmed my face down. I mean, I've got more of a chin on the cover of this book than I do right now. These roads though, I mean, this is what happens when you stop drinking for seven months and run 700 miles, your face gets a little bit thinner. So there's also that side benefit. All right, we're at the end of this episode of the Start Today Morning Show. Would anyone like to ask any questions before we transition into our Thursday. It's time for a Thursday. Ah, uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Are there any questions? Dave, how can I help my son get motivated? Be the example of what it looks like to chase big, hairy, audacious dreams, push yourself into uncomfortable spaces, and he will follow your model. Uh, do you think that the kids notice the new Dave versus the old Dave? I bet they do. But I got to be honest, like they haven't said like, hey, uh, thanks for being so much more intentional with your time. Thanks for being so much uh, more involved as a dad or thanks for not drinking so that you don't have to be anxious. Just uh, become comfortable sitting in your, in your uh, anxiety. So that's cool. What's my Enneagram number again? I'm a nine. I am a nine, which is a peacekeeper, which uh, is, again, like the secret power that I have. And also sometimes the, the kind of Achilles heel that I have to try and push through. Uh, 
What are you going to coach about this, your business or life? I am going to do both coaching for business and for life. On the life side, I have a full 12 months of curriculum that is specifically engineered to go through the kind of topics that people represented um, the most interest in hearing about, but I am teaching it through the lens of someone who has been a skeptic, someone who has been motivationally challenged, someone who has had mindset troubles so that we can dive into teaching and coaching that um, will be a complement to but different from the coaching that Rachel did. On the business side, I am going to talk about the 25 years of time I spent in the entertainment industry and what it was like to grow a career inside of, especially at the Walt Disney Company, the last 17 years of time that I was there where I started as a coordinator and ended as the president of distribution. But I also am going to talk about the transition from the conglomerate environment, the big old company environment that I was in and how different it has been to be an entrepreneur in a startup environment because I do think there is a lot of very interesting insight that I have from the differences that exist between those two. They are not the same at all. How do I get my partner to stop being so negative? He definitely has a fixed mindset. You cannot make your partner less negative. He has to choose to be less negative. And part of how he's going to choose to be less negative is the same way that I had to choose to reach for growth myself. Rachel, when she decided that she was going to get up every day at five, when she decided every day that she was going to read books or go to conferences, I was resistant. My skepticism kicked in. I became negative about it. I tried to sabotage her so she could stay on my mediocre level. And she did not give in to my attempts to make her come back down to my mediocre level. She just decided she was going to be great. And so what you need to do is model positivity and model what it looks like to reach for growth and model what it looks like to pour into yourself and how when you pour into yourself, you become a better person. It will be breadcrumbs that lead him hopefully to the recognition that if he were to do the same, he would do the same. How did I choose my therapist? I chose my therapist on a referral that came from someone that I knew and respected. I am a massive advocate of therapy if you can... Uh, if you can afford it, uh, find someone who can sit and objectively hear you throw up all your stuff without judging you. Just getting it out of your head, out of your body into the ether will allow you to start processing why you feel the way that you do. Uh, have you had any more episodes with vertigo since you're not drinking when, you're, uh, when your anxiety comes up? I have. I actually have. It's interesting I think the alcohol in some ways was like pushing some of the times when I become anxious down. It didn't eliminate it. It just muted it. And so now when I start to feel a little tipsy, a little like my, in, my, my internal ear or whatever it is is starting to go wonky, I have to go to uh, like a therapy session on what it is that's provoking the anxiety. I have to like remind myself that this is emotional, not physical, and then really get into, so what is it that is having the way that I'm thinking affect the way that I'm feeling? So um, I've spent a lot of time, I'm spending a lot of time in real time, understanding the connection between what you think and how you feel. So when I start to feel a little bit of the vertigo, I'm like, uh-oh, there are some thoughts that are happening inside of this head of yours that you need to figure out. Uh, 
Is there a GMA Makeup interview? There is. I don't know that it's been announced. It's a week from today, the 30th day of October. She's going to be there. I think she's coming back one more time before the end of the year after this, so I'm excited about that. Uh, what do you typically eat for lunch every day? Uh, I've, been, I've been having a salad with a protein for the most part. So have some chicken, have some steak, have some any kind of meat product on top of a salad. Put a tiny bit of like vinaigrette on it, shake her on up, eat her on down. Uh, that is what I, and I am a creature of habit. So I kind of eat the same thing for each meal every single day. Uh, is Rachel going to release her coaching so you can tune in? Yep. If you uh, want to sign up for monthly coaching, you can still see the November and December sessions. You could always still sign up for being a, a goal getter, which is the annual package. You'd have access to everything that she has taught through 2019. In 2020, the entire 2019 year will be packaged and will be made available if you are interested in watching everything that already happened. So uh, you can do that. What is my morning routine? I wake up at 5 a.m. every single day. I spend about 15 minutes uh, doing a little prayer and meditation, a little like getting my mind head right. I then get up and get my green juice going. Uh, I just have a pressed kale with a little bit of beets, pour a little bit of pre-workout in there, shake her on up, drink it down, have some coffee while I do my start today morning journal and start today journal. And, uh, and then once I finish my journal work, throw on my stuff for the gym by 5.45, I'm out in the gym. I go to the gym from about 5.45 to 6.15, get back in the house, wake the boys up, get them going, jump in and out of the shower so that I can get them off to school and already be dressed so I can start my day as soon as we finish the morning show that no one is talking about. What does my tattoo say? A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were built for. I... Um, Got it when I was starting that journey out of the funk, when I realized that the only way that I was going to be able to actually show up well for my life and feel the sense of fulfillment that I wanted was to push myself into environments where the waves were choppy because the choppiness is part of how I grow, even though it's uncomfortable, maybe because it's uncomfortable. Uh, how do you not compare your journey with Rachel's we are on completely different journeys. Uh, it's funny, I got asked a question about comparing myself to Rachel yesterday. We are not in competition at all and comparison with her in any way would just be a fruitless exercise. We had a completely different life experience before we met. We have had the experience of being in our marriage together, certainly, but our experience even in that has been through her lens as a woman, her lens as the person who came from her family, her lens and the way that she's wired. So. She has a she, she's got a different journey and I want to be supportive of and love on the way that she's wired and how she shows up and the way that life shows up back for her. But I'm not I'm not comparing myself to her and she isn't comparing myself to me. And when she has success, we have success. When I have success, we have success. So um, that's, you know, we, we a team. We're, we're a good team. Uh, any thoughts on uh, quitting a job or waiting due to feeling obligated? Um, if you've got another opportunity, uh, I don't feel, I have never, I, I mean, I, I like the idea of feeling obligated if you have committed yourself to something, but also, um, hey, if, if you're a person who for some reason found yourself in a work environment where they decided that there was an alternative 
to you that was better than you, they probably wouldn't wait until it was convenient for you. They would just let you know that you don't have to work here any longer. So I think if you find an opportunity that you think better taps into your ability to pour light in this world, use your potential, have you fulfilled or all of those, um, make sure you have that job before you leave that job and then let them know with enough notice to be respectful. You're back. You're back just in time to say goodbye to everybody. You got Jackson to school? Thank goodness. You got Jackson to school? Thank goodness. All right. Um, well, can we? I got my nails done. You got your nails done? Show everybody your nails again. Oh my goodness. Thank God. I'm so happy. Look at this. The ring finger being blue is the thing that really is doing it for me. I'm so excited for you. Um, all right. Noah Hollis. Do you have any words of wisdom for everyone that's watching these strangers from the internet? Would what? you like to tell them anything before we uh, start our Look Thursday? Oh, there's your arm. Yeah, it's spark. You got sparkles on your sweatshirt today. Look, it's... it's shiny. Oh, yeah. wow. That's so, so exciting. Look at your hair. Your hair is working today. Yeah. Love that. Um, all right. Can you say, have a great Thursday? Oh, Bob's back. Uh, say, if you need help, raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, y'all, have a fantastic Thursday. You are in control of how you think this day will go. If you are on the hunt for things to be grateful for, you're going to find them. If you don't stay on the hunt for things to be grateful for, you will just find things that affirm the negativity that you may be walking in the day with. Be on the hunt for the good, and you're going to see it. Have a fantastic Thursday. We will see you. And when I say we, me and Ray Ray Hollis back here tomorrow to finish our week off strong. All right. Tell everybody, see you later. See you later. Have a fantastic Friday. Oh, Thursday. Oh, get that I love you out there. Boom. Have a fantastic Thursday. We'll see you later, y'all. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Start Today Morning Show podcast. If you want to actually see the episodes, make sure you tune in in the morning every weekday, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook and Instagram on basically every channel we have. Our theme song is from Sarah Sunshine. Follow her at the Sarah Sunshine. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and Kevin Westlake. With production help from Nicole Fisher. And I'd like to give special thanks to Hawk, the fish that will never die.